0: At the end of the last message in the book of James, we looked at the idea of anointing someone with oil in the name of the Lord, and we talked about the prayer of faith. And we'll continue with that a little bit more, but we're going to get into the idea of divine healing. How can we be healed? And we're also going to talk about those who wander from the faith, wanderers. James will leave us with the charge of how to go after and turn wanderers back to the truth. Man, we need this divine prescription for healing, and we'll find out more today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. If we pray according to his will, We know that he hears us and we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If you pray outside his will, he's not going to answer you. And if you get, if you pray for something and you get something outside God's will, look out. You don't want it. Do you want to be outside the will of God? Then, Then don't pray for things that are unbiblical. I really believe I'm the exception and I should be living with my boyfriend. No, you're not the exception. That's outside of God's will. Frankly, you don't even need to pray about that one. You don't. Because there's a scripture verse that says, be pure until you're married. Hello? But I prayed about it. Well, you didn't hear the voice of God. More things are wrought by prayer, says Tennyson, than this world dreams of. Wherefore, let thy voice rise like a fountain for me night and day. For what are men better than sheep and goats that nourished a blind life within the brain, if knowing God they lift not hands of prayer, both for themselves and those who call them friend? For so the whole round earth is every way bound by gold chains about the feet of God. Why do we not pray? What, why don't we seek God? the face of our Father. Why don't we spend time with him? It's been said that the devil fears most a saint on his or her knees. This is why when you try to get into a pattern of prayer, the enemy will oppose you at every turn. He doesn't want you praying, and he certainly doesn't want you reading your Bible. Now, unlike a lot of the letters in the New Testament that end with a benediction or greetings to different individuals, James ends his book with a charge. And it's glorious. And it's so fitting for the book of James. Because James has been rubber meets the road in my kitchen for five chapters. Would I expect any less at the end of the book of James? Uh Uh-uh. He doesn't say, all right, the Lord bless you, brethren. Hang in there. The love of the Spirit, the joy. No, he says, my brethren, get busy. (laughs) If any among you, any among you, any one of your number strays from the truth and one turns him back my brethren we are the subject the church if any among you strays who is this straying individual are they someone who is a true christian who has apostatized and they've gone out into the world much like the prodigal and they're in trouble Are they a professing Christian that was never born again? And so they've strayed because they don't know Jesus anyway. May I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that if you want to understand these issues and hear what Jesus said, Jesus told a key parable. It's called the parable of the sower or the soils. Do you remember he gave us four kinds of soils? One was the seed beside the road. And the birds quickly come in and grab that seed. And that's a picture of Satan stealing the word because the seed of the word of God, the gospel, just sits on the surface. It does, there's no penetration. And then there's the rocky soil convert, so to speak. And this is a person that the seed goes in, but there's no root. There's no depth. There's limestone underneath in Israel. And so what happens is it sprouts quickly and there seems to be joy and a great response, but there's no root. And so the sun scorches it. Times of persecution come and so forth and it doesn't bear any fruit. There's a third one. It's, it's the seed sown among the thorns, remember? And here's a seed that begins to grow up like a lot of our plants in Corona. And it starts to get choked by these weeds that seem to need no water and seem to come from some alien planet. They have prickly things on them and they begin to wrap your good plants. And here's the picture. It's the cares of this world. It's the deceitfulness of riches and it chokes the word. And the word produces no crop. And then the fourth soil is one that's sown among the good soil. It's been prepared. It's receptive. And it bears a crop 30 What is it? 30, 60, and a hundredfold. It bears a harvest. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, says Jesus. You think James heard that sermon? Only one of the soils produces fruit, produces a crop. The other soils that received the same seed did not produce. And here's why. The issue is the condition of the soil which in the parable is a synonym for your heart. This is really what it all boils down to. How receptive are you as an individual? In Hebrew thought, your heart is the center of your mind, will, emotions, and intellect. It's the core of who you are. When the seed goes forth, does it go into your heart? Is your intention when you hear the word of God to actually do it? Well, some people say yes, but then there's... You know, the the seed is plucked or it doesn't go deep or it gets choked off. Persecution or the cares of this world. This is what Jesus said. And Jesus indicated, by the way, that this parable unlocks all the other parables. It gives us a view of what's happening oftentimes on a Sunday morning when a group gathers or a harvest crusade where there's a huge response and then you do follow up at the harvest crusade and I've done it. And you call and you say, hey, we've got a new believers class and we'd love for you to come and you live in our city. And they say, oh, oh I, I, no, I just walked down on the field because I wanted to pluck a couple of blades of grass where Mike Trout stands. <laughs> now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the crusade. Praise God for much fruit that's happened there. But I'm saying the soils are represented when people walk down. Because the real test will be in five, 10 years when I watch that person's life and see how they're doing. To find out what was really going on there. Now, I'm not saying that it's not a battle for genuine Christians because we all know it is. I'm not trying to get you to question your salvation. If you're a genuine Christian who's battling the world, the flesh and the devil, that's not the intent here. But the intent is for you to know that the reality is that only one in four of these soils actually produced a harvest, produced a crop. And James says, look, if there's people among you who stray from the truth, just think about it. If you stray from the truth, where do you go? Think about it. What's your option if you stray from the truth? There's only one place to go, and that's to a world of lies. You're going to live in a lie if you stray from the truth. That's, that's door B. Door A is the one who said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Ephesians 4.21 says the truth is in Jesus. That's door A. You choose door B, you've chosen the lie. That's all you got. You got the truth and you got the lie. And if someone strays from the truth, this is what happens. Now, the idea of straying is one who wanders away. The one who strays is one who has heard the truth, been in the community. They're a churchgoer. They've heard the message, but maybe they're a rocky soil hearer. They've heard the truth, but they stray. Planao is the Greek word. It means to lead astray, to lead aside from the right way, to go astray, to wander, to roam about, to apostatize to lead someone away from the truth. Can you see their faces? How many people do you believe over the years that the Christian church has preached the gospel, have apostatized from the faith? How many people could you say in your own life, I don't even know where that person is today, and they were part of the believing community, and even preaching the gospel, and now I don't even know spiritually where they stand. Well, this is the reality. People are wandering away all the time. And you say, well, what's my response supposed to be? What, what should I do? You're to go get them. You're, you're to turn them. Notice, if any among you strays from the truth and one, end of 19, turns him back. We're supposed to be in the reclamation business. We don't all just go make new converts, if you will. We try to get people who have been straying to come back home. You say, well, how do you do that, Pastor Michael? Your main weapon to get people back to the truth, oh, get ready for it, is truth. (laughs) Oh, I know that was heavy. Buckle your seatbelt. See if you can think this through for a second. The way to get people back to the truth is by truth spoken in love. So what happens when someone wanders away is they start to wall themselves off the truth. They don't hear the Word of God as regularly anymore. They, they go like Adam and Eve. What did they do? They hid from God after they sinned. That Instead of being in the sweet fellowship with God, they hid. That's what sin does. It will cause you to hide from the one that loves you the most. How sad and tragic. Well, what does this mean? That every time i supposed to run after the person that's not been in church for three weeks? Precisely. No, I'm just kidding. That might be a little much. Hey, we haven't seen you around for a couple of days. What's going on? It's on vacation, man. <laughs> Sometimes in this pursuit of wanderers, you have to let them go for a while. The prodigal story. I want my inheritance, Dad, and I want it now. I'm 14 now. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you a little bit about a college that we have going. It's called the Truth Academy. It meets at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, and it's an apologetic school with also an emphasis on theology. Do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to share your faith in the public square? Well, this school will help you. And here's Joe Kelly, the director of the Truth Academy, to tell you more. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Boy, Has there ever been a time where the need has been greater for God's people to know what they believe and why they believe it? Well, the Truth Academy is here to help the believer contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So I would encourage our listeners, Pastor Michael, to go online to thetruthacademy.com. Take a look. See what we have to offer. Our classes are available either in person if you live in Southern California, or if you want to take a class online, that's available too. You can learn from the comfort of your own home. Once again, that's thetruthacademy.com. We look forward to having you as a student in the near future. Thanks, Joe. That's exciting news. Thetruthacademy.com to give reasons for faith, reasons for hope in our culture. Man, it's so desperately needed. Check it out today. Thetruthacademy.com. Hey, we haven't seen you around for a couple of days. What's going on? It's on vacation, man. Sometimes in this pursuit of wanderers, you have to let them go for a while. The prodigal story. I want my inheritance, dad, and I want it now. I'm 14 now and I got everything figured out. Okay. What? If you're standing in the room, what do you mean? Okay. But that dad in that situation, as Jesus tells the story, says, go. And he goes. And he's got the inheritance. He's got some bags of gold. And he goes off to the bright lights in the big city. And he lives it up. He's got all these friends. And it's a great time. I knew I was missing out on the family farm. This is what I was talking about. And then you look into your pockets one day and you go, oh, I guess you have to work or invest to keep making money. Oh, Where's all my friends that were part of this great time we were having? Oh, there's a famine in the land. I can't find work. Oh, there's a Gentile farm owner. Maybe he'll hire me. Oh, the pig's food looks really, really good. Oink, 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 oink. Give me some of that. You're in the mud on a Gentile farm with unclean pigs, and then all of a sudden you go... Even my father's hired servants live better than this. I know what I'll do. And he came to his senses. And he went home. The father didn't chase him. But when he came back, do you remember what happened? The father had open arms for him. But he knew in that circumstance, the son was going to have to learn in the school of hard knocks, end up in the pig pen before he came to his senses. And we're going to have to pray for discernment in knowing which mode to use, because some of you have prodigal kids and grandkids and friends, and sometimes you've pleaded with them and you've met with them, and then you say, Lord, I'm just going to release them to you, and I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to keep the relationship going, and I'm going to pray that they come home. I'm going to share truth to bring them back to the truth. I think there's another thing that we need to realize, and it's this. We need to have love because people who stray and people who wander could be you and me. It doesn't take much, some hurt, some wound, some inexplicable happening to get angry with God or mad at the church and all of a sudden find yourself to be a wanderer. Some of you who are sitting here today or listening to my voice have wandered many times and you've come back home. And I'm sure it wasn't some legalistic Christian pounding on you that brought you back to the fold. But when one of the 99 leaves, the good shepherd goes and pursues it and brings it back rejoicing. Here's what we need to know, and this is the final verse. Let him know, anybody who's about this, let him know that he who turns a sinner... From the error of his way. And I would submit to you, this may be a person who never knew Christ, who was a false convert, but we can wrestle with this. He who turns a sinner from the error of his way. See, it's his way. It's not God's way. He's gone his way. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, that way leads to death. Let, let me ask you, you, you guys know that we're doing, uh, we're, we're wrestling with the topic of homosexuality tonight. I did an interview with Roger Marsh on... Friday. We did about a half an hour together. And I said, here's my concern, Roger. The way that the world is going now, it, we've gone from a place where there was tolerance in the original definition of tolerance and acceptance on that level. We've redefined tolerance now. Then we, we move to, I've got to celebrate something that I believe is unbiblical and sinful, to now being scared into silence. Now there's a law coming down the pike in the state of California that if you say something or if you get somebody to think about their situation and you give them a book or something to help them with that, it could be illegal. Could I say to you that we are bordering on the sin of omission if we do that? We really are. But that's where we are right now. And so we need to have wisdom for the times, of course. But how can we turn someone from the error of their way if we don't even have a chance to talk to them about the real issues of the day? If we withhold truth from people, and I'm going to say this to my pastor uh, peers in the pulpits all around America. If you withhold truth from people, truth sets people free. Amen? Truth sometimes does a surge around me. I don't like it most of the time, right? Ooh, ow, ooh, it opens me up. But then God sutures that area so that I can be better, so that I can be free, so I can be healed. If we don't give the healing balm of truth to our world because we're feeling pressure, political correctness, scared into silence, you name it, then we withhold the actual remedy for a dying world. It's true. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's always easy to navigate. But James ends the book by saying, look, if we turn a sinner from the error of his way back to God's way, we will save his soul from death. The word thanatos all over the New Testament speaks of the eschatological second death of hell separated from God forever. Forever. Do you believe that that's what's at stake? We say we do. We say we believe you're either going to end up in heaven or hell. But then how we conduct ourselves sometimes in ministry and otherwise doesn't always match that belief. See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. That's not what I said. That's what Jesus said. And so when I preach the gospel to someone, my hope and prayer is to turn them to Jesus, the truth, not to an institution, not to a building, not to certain days of worship during the week. Those are all good things, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the one who saves. His name is Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Do you believe that? Jesus saves. It's been preached for 2,000 years, and it will be true until he returns in glory, and it will be true for all time. Jesus saves. We need a savior. And so the book ends with a radical call. If you turn a sinner from the error of his way, you actually save his soul from spiritual death, the second death. And by virtue of that cover, notice, many, many sins, a multitude of sins. It's amazing to me to think about how many sins have been covered in my life by Jesus Christ. The fact that on Judgment Day, I'm not going to have to give an account for one of my sins because they were nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ, is really good news. Amen. Really good news. That's why we say the gospel is really good news. Your sin dealt with in a whole, in full, in totality, at the cross. Grab the rescue. Hold on to the lifeline. His name is Jesus. Father, it's a trustworthy statement. It deserves full acceptance, says Paul, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am the foremost of all. When we preach this, Lord, we realize that we're part of this. We're on the same sinking boat. My sin was ugly before you, just like everybody else's sin. Some of the sins that we may not mention or think are as bad, or is still sin. And the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, what a Savior we have. Amazing, amazing grace. You keep your head and heart bad. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the time. I don't know why you would wait a moment longer Something like this, Lord Jesus, I believe in who you are, that you're God, that you came on a rescue mission to save me. You became a man. I thank you that you died on that cross in my place, took my punishment, took, my, took the wrath of God, took my shame at the cross. Thank you for your precious blood that was spilled, for your sacrificial death. Pray it if it's you. Lord, thank you for your triumphant resurrection. Thank you that you rose from the dead and defeated death itself. And that is a reality that gives me hope. You're a savior. You're my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my savior. If, you're, if you've been a wanderer, it's time to come back home. You may just say, Lord, I just want to rededicate my life to you. I've been a prodigal. I've ended up in the pig pen too many times. I'm sorry. And he'll have open arms for you. Because he loves you and he's never stopped loving you. Father, for those who are crying out in the quietness of their heart or even have spoken this prayer, may you bless them. May you meet them where they are. May their will be bent toward your will. Because they're not only calling you Savior, but Lord. And help us in the areas where we're weak, Lord. Help us in the areas where we fail. Where maybe your lordship, you know, we've pushed it aside in a certain area of our life. May you become lord of all, all areas of my life. Help us in that, Lord. Help your church in these areas of weakness. We want to thank you and praise you for the book of James. It's been a rich, wonderful time for us, Lord, as a church. I believe we've grown as a result of being challenged in this way. And we thank you so much. And I just pray your sweet blessings on your people. Those who are brand new to the faith. Those who have been walking with you for many years. Just may you just pour out mercy and grace overflowing into their lives. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. Hey, listening family, it's Pastor Michael. wanna tell you another exciting thing about walkintruth.com. It's the store that's there. There's some great products up there on some intriguing subjects available in CD and DVD format. When you purchase one of those products, you actually support the radio ministry and help us reach out to more people like you. It's walkintruth.com. Click on the store, check it out, get a product, and you'll be partnering with us in the gospel ministry. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.